Hi, you're listening to Your Best with my nanny, Kathy Weckworth. Hi, this is Kathy Weckworth, Executive Director of Best Life Ministries, and you're listening to Your Best, a motivational, inspirational 30 minutes that will help you want to be your best. Today's topic is the loneliness of Christmas. Over the past two weeks, we've talked about the Christmas season. And in case you've missed the shows, you can find them at Kathy Weckworth, Your Best on iTunes. Our first week, we discussed the busyness of Christmas. Last week, we talked about the greediness of Christmas. But today, I want to explore kind of a difficult topic, the loneliness of Christmas. Sometimes it doesn't even dawn on us that there are people, even our very own neighbors, who are alone and feeling sad over this time of year. Maybe they've lost a loved one. Maybe they have no family or they can't afford to travel. Maybe they're single or divorced. Whatever the reason, it's just typical of all of us to happily move through the season, decorating trees and cookies, wrapping gifts and attending events. But if we really looked around us, there could be someone who's so desperately alone, so terribly discouraged at the season, that they're being thrust into deep depression. As we're reminded of Christ's birth and what He's given us, they might be reminded of what they don't have, or even worse, what's been taken from them. Listeners, I remember how I felt the first year I was divorced. It was a blustery winter that year. I remember this specifically because it added into my loneliness and depression. I was living in a small suburb out of the Twin Cities and working at a church nearby. The busyness of the season was good for me as I worked diligently to create three separate Christmas Eve services. I practiced with drama teams and choirs, and I loved setting the stage for others to feel that yummy Christmas feeling. But no matter how many times I played Nat King Cole's Christmas song or watched It's a Wonderful Life, I just felt deeper and deeper in despair. Everything was different. Life had changed, and in my humble opinion, not for the better. After 20 years of making Christmas fabulous for my own family, the family was now broken. In order to do everything to keep my children sane, and I mean everything, I was really working hard to try to keep everybody okay. I wanted to make sure they felt comforted within the tumultuous whirlwind of divorce. So I insisted that they go along with their father to their grandparents for Christmas as they'd done for all of those past years. I mean, think about it. Year after year, they had the same holiday traditions with me and with their dad. I didn't want to mix things up or change things. Everybody was so sad already. I just wanted to try to bring stability. So I sent them right off happily. Are you sure you're okay, Mom? Mm-hmm. I'm fine. While being teenagers, it never dawned on them to say, we'll stay with you. Of course, I didn't want to be alone, but I needed to put their best interests above my feelings because that's what we do when we're parents. My own parents lived nine hours away, and although they invited me to join them, I had my services all the way through midnight on Christmas Eve. Christmas started with family, Mary, Joseph, Jesus, and add in God the Father, Traveling through a tumultuous journey of their own, they work together to bring new life into the world, and we celebrate that, and we honor that, and we focus on that. But when there is no family, something 
is broken. Perhaps you are a listener and you think, I've been fine alone for years. No problems dealing with the holidays here. But I think, ouch, it really hurt. That Christmas Eve night, I finished up my last service at midnight. I went home and fell into my bed exhausted. When I woke up the next day, I remember feeling so alone as if family, friends, and even God had deserted me. I know what you're thinking. Oh, come on, Kathy, that's a little bit overdramatic. Well, it was just one day out of the year, right? And perhaps you're right. But you try it. You try after 40 plus years of celebrating with family and friends. Try being alone because it's just not that easy. The sun pierced through the darkness that morning and shone in on my little kitchen table. And I prayed and I asked God, what now? I'm here alone. How many more hours until my girls get here? I wish I could tell you that someone came by. I wish I could tell you that somebody called friends from church, neighbors, that life was filled with rainbows and unicorns, but alas, it was just me for almost 24 hours. I ushered in sadness. I, I'm sorry, it's, it's just real, it's truth. I wept. I cried for my past, for Christmases before and for Christmases to come. I wept for my children, for their loss and for a broken family. And then in the midst of my tears, the phone finally rang. It was late morning, and my dad's voice hardly said, Merry Christmas, honey. How are you? Where are the kids? And I did what I did so often with my dad. I just broke down and cried. Not the kind that you sniffle through. No, the kind where you catch yourself because it's utter sobbing. I spent the next 30 minutes with dad. He reminded me of his love, of mom's love, and of God's love. He told me how proud he was that I had made the hard decision to leave a marriage that was devastated with drugs and deceit. He comforted me with memories of the past, and he reminded me of the true purpose of Christmas, Christ. When I hung up the phone, I showered, dressed, read the Christmas story, and decided to bake a batch of candy cane cookies, one of my all-time favorite. I played Christmas music, I watched Christmas movies, and I took a refreshing nap. I remembered that God loved me, that I was not alone, even though in the darkest moments I believed I was. My parents, good cookies, a beautiful tree, and fabulous music got me through that night. Music just like the song I'm going to play for you by Point of Grace, called Emmanuel. Let's listen in. No decorations, no tree with tinsel, no lights. This year at It's the first time she is all alone, but what a wonder, she says there's comfort, Emmanuel, our God is with us, yes, He is with us still. Yeah. 
If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Your Best with Kathy Weckworth. And today we're looking at the beautiful season of Christmas and how sometimes our focus at this season can become really self-absorbed. And we can forget those who have no family, those who are alone at the season, widows, people who are divorced, people who are alone because of not their choice. They've taken a job in a different city. Whatever the reason, we forget. Did you know that the word Emmanuel means God with us? Think about those words, God with us. It doesn't really mean that we're alone. What it really means is we're not alone. Listen to the scripture from Matthew 1.23. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Friends, many of you know that several years ago, while Farmer Dean and I were seeking for a place to host our ministry headquarters, God revealed a little church for sale for a dollar on Craigslist. For the past three Christmases, we have hosted Christmas Eve services. One lone grandpa showed up each year. No family, no wife, no sons, no daughters, just himself. He never said anything that first year. He just showed up in his plaid shirt and his jeans and his big cowboy boots. I saw that he drove a big old truck, a four-wheel drive. And he shook our hands as he walked in the door, nodded, and said, Merry Christmas. Afterwards, my children worried about him. What's going to happen to him? Is he alone? Does he have a family? Does he just go home for Christmas Eve by himself? None of us knew. Well, the summer before the next Christmas Eve... We found out he was a widow who lived in a neighboring town. 
The kids said, we are so shopping for him this year. We're inviting him over for Christmas. And I felt kind of funny about it. You know, when you've got somebody who's not part of what you always do, you kind of feel a little bit iffy, unsure. How will it change your tradition? What will they add? What will they take away? Will it be awkward or uncomfortable? Well, he came to the service that night, second Christmas in a row. And of course, it was a horrible blizzard because, you know, we're here in Minnesota. What can I say? Every time I was planning a Christmas service, it seemed like it was always the prediction for some horrific storm. But I saw the car, the truck, drive into the driveway. And he parked and he got out a different flannel plaid shirt this time same old cowboy boots. And he walked up to the door, and this time my kids were ready. They greeted him. They were so excited he was there. And truthfully, there were only a few people there that night because the weather was so bad. When Farmer Dean pulled him aside, he asked him, so how was the travel? And he said, oh, it really doesn't even matter because no matter how bad the storm was, I would have made it. He told my husband he would have never missed it because every time he walked into our church, he said he was just set right back in time to when he was a little boy traveling with his mom, his dad, his siblings to their country church. He was taken back in time and it felt comfortable to him. It felt comforting to him. And although he was alone, He really felt like it wasn't alone because there with his memories and there with the other people and there with our music and with my kids, he felt good. He didn't feel alone. Well, afterwards, my girls hurried to shake his hand and invite him to our house. And he graciously and timidly smiled and he said, oh, no, thank you. We were kind of shocked. We were sure he was going to join us. I could feel his uncomfortable feeling, but I smiled. I said, we understand. My girls handed him a small bag that they'd put together with homemade cookies and treats, and they hugged him as he awkwardly accepted their kindness. We watched him get into his old pickup truck and travel through the wild winds of the snow. We often wondered if he had anyone that night who would have been with him, anybody that was going to meet him, but we never knew. We determined again as we sat down that night for our soup and our supper that we were going to make sure the next year he was going to be with us. He wasn't going to be alone. But you know what happened? We couldn't. Because that summer we got word that he had passed away. And so when this summer came by and we thought about him again, and now as I'm getting ready for Christmas and I'm reminded of how kind he was and how quiet and how alone he was, Well, I just can't really forget, because when I walk into my church and I see that spot that he filled in the pew, I'm going to remember. I'm going to remember who he was. I'm going to remember why he was there, because something drew him to be with other people. Well, it's kind of how we're made, isn't it? We want to be connected to other people. Looking forward to this year. I know that there'll be somebody that comes to our church, somebody that's perhaps missing someone, maybe a widow, maybe somebody home that doesn't have their kids home from college. I don't know. 
but I want to be aware and I want you to as well. Think about it. Who's in your life right now? Who's alone? Think with me. Think now. Stop and make an effort. Make a list. Would you want to feel those feelings I've described? The feelings of awkwardness and uncomfortableness inviting somebody? Maybe not. Who knows? But if you invite someone over, I guarantee you're going to be blessed as much as they are. Friends, here's a beautiful passage for us at this season. Listen closely to the promise that a Savior would come from Isaiah 9. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light is dawned. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And I'm telling you again, if you want to know how to be blessed, you're going to bless others. So listeners, today in the studio with me is my friend, Patrick Russell, and he serves as a school psychologist outside of St. Cloud, Minnesota. Pat has been on my worship team and drama team, and I love it because he is just an incredibly genuine, real person who cares about people, but he's also really smart. So I love that you're here today, Pat. Welcome, and thanks for being on the show. Oh, thank you. It's good to be here. It is. It's it's fun to have you. So we're talking about kind of a sad topic today, but one that's very, very truth-filled, and that's that, you know, at this time of year, we know that there is loneliness. We know that there are people that are depressed and people that are anxious. And Pat, I know that even your family, as a, as a young child, you experienced a tough thing at Christmas. Can you tell us a little bit about that and how that kind of helps you understand some of these emotions? Sure. Um, when, when I was 12 years old, we, we lost my father um, to, to cancer. And the, the, following, the following Christmas, um, it, was, it was just a little more difficult for us because um, we didn't have, you know, the, our father there with us. And, and it was just my mother and myself, and then my siblings would come home. But it was just it was just different, and it was just, just wasn't the same um, a Christmas for us because there was that that heaviness that was in the air of you know we we missed our father and dad wasn't here and right. and we just wondered what what was Christmas going to be like. I'm sure um, it, it must have been really really difficult, especially as a little child, Pat. I mean, wow, that's hard hard for a family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it I mean it it took me it took me years to really get over that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, when, when Christmas rolls around, um, I, 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 I kind of have an understanding of, of, you know, there's, there's a lot of sadness that, that is out there. Yeah. You know, there are, there are families that aren't whole. There are, are kids who, um, are, are living in, in situations that they're, they're not going to have the bright, happy, joyous Christmas necessarily mm-hmm. at home. Yeah, that's and right. so that's always something that I think we need to be aware of, too. Definitely. And I think about your mom as a widow that year and, you know, and many years, and, and my mother as well, because my dad's been gone now for six years. And boy, those first few Christmases for her, Pat, it was really stressful. She didn't want to celebrate Christmas. She didn't want to remember Christmas. Um, she just said it hurt too much. So I'm sure that you guys experienced that as well. Right, right. Yeah. 
and and it's same in in my wife's family and Kim's family too. That you know when her when her father died, you know, the tradition is always to get together as a family, and, and we still did that, but it was it was different, and it was there was a bit more sadness that was there simply because her father wasn't there to join us for Christmas, even though we knew he's in a better place. Right. And he's, you know, dancing around the throne. We're we're having to to carry on without him. Exactly. And and it's painful and it hurts. And and one thing I think about you as a child Pat and and you have a brother, is that right? Right, yeah. Much okay. older, yeah. Okay. So you guys, you know, being at this loss at a, at a young age, well, you were 12. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you serve right now as a child psychologist. And I know that you're seeing in today's society, you know, children, even at this time, dealing with depression, anxiety, loneliness over the season. Can you talk a little bit about that? And and do you feel like um, looking at it, you know, from your perspective, that social media adds into that, you know, feeling of anxiousness? I think um, I think it does quite a bit. I think you know, getting into social media, there's um, there's a lot of things that that are out there that we see, and, and you know, it paints that picture of what you know we should be experiencing as far as happiness and as far as holidays go and family getting together. Um, but if if you're in a situation that you're you're not um, financially able to, you know, buy your, your children gifts or, um, you know, have those many, many things that, that's out there that you feel, you know, my child should have this or, or as a kid, you feel you should have that. Um, it just, it just adds to that. It, it compounds, um, kind of that anxiety and that depression that's there. Oh, totally. Um, and do you remember, Pat, when we were little, cause I know you're, um, somewhere around my age, I think you're a little bit younger, maybe. I know, well, probably I, a bit older. Well, but you look younger. So there you go, Pat. So do you remember when we were little kids from me? Um, you know, I remember my brother getting some crazy scientist set for Christmas. And that's what he got. And I got, you know, a cheerful, tearful doll. That's what I got. I mean, it was not Xboxes. It was not smartphones. It was not you know, the brand new this or that. I mean, we just got things that were, you know, like nine ninety nine or five ninety nine. Um, society's really, really amped that up. And and I can't even imagine, you know, what kids are feeling right now, you know, that they have to compete with that. That's gotta mm-hmm. that's gotta create anxiety. It does. It does. And I think too that um, you know, that what what we can do, I mean we we as a society, um you know, we, we put a lot of value on the monetary things that are out there, um, the toys that are out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think sometimes we really fail to look around um, and not just not just be thankful for what we have, but look at the needs that are out there um, in, that we run into every day. Right. Um, one of the things that, that we did... Um, one of the elementary buildings I worked at, there was myself and the school social worker, uh, the school counselor, the, the triage therapist, um, kind of organized um, getting gifts together and having teachers identify those neediest of families um, where, you know, the kids weren't going to get any gifts today. 
you know, for, mm-hmm. for Christmas. And, and so, um, we, we were able to, um, organize teachers into, you know, giving us these lists and, you know, trying to get some of them to buy, you know, gifts for some of these kids. We had, um, we had a wonderful church, uh, that got involved. Um, their, their women's, uh, ministry organization got involved and went out and went, they would take whole lists of families and go out and buy mm, gifts. That's wonderful. Um, for whole families and wrap them and, and bring them over. And, and, uh, the joy that was in, um, the faces of the families that when, I mean, we had the nice job of going and delivering them mm. and, and mm. playing Santa Claus and, sure. and going over and just delivering and, and the, the look on the, on the parents' faces of, you know, wow, you know, I'm, I'm going to be able to, to, to give my child some type of Christmas. Mm-hmm. And, and, and as, as part of that too, there were foodstuffs, you know, so that they could have a bit of a Christmas meal along yeah, with, that's wonderful. with that. Yeah. Um, but you know, there's, there's so much that we can do to help those kids that, um, or even adults who feel, you know, depressed and, and anxious this time of the year, just because maybe there's loss in their, in their family. Maybe they're alone. Maybe they're older people who, you know, no longer have a family mm-hmm. and they're, they're by themselves, um, you know, going to nursing homes and, and, being with the residents um, around Christmas time is just, you know, something that they really appreciate. Right. Really enjoy. Yeah. And, you know, when I was back at church with you, Pat, we took our worship team um, right here to Benson to one of the um, homes for the elderly. And we oh. adopted, each one of us adopted one of those people. And then we came and we sang and we just kind of did a bunch of Christmas carols and, and we sat down with them and just talked to them, you know, tell us your memories of Christmas. And I remember the funnest thing about that was about two weeks later, I got note after note thanking me. And, and each one of those sweet people wrote and said it wasn't the wonderful presents that you brought. It wasn't the songs that you sang. It was the fact that you sat down and cared enough to talk with us. That's what mattered. Mm -hmm. And so I Mm -hmm. think about that, you know, filling up lonely hearts by spending time. What a great way, you know, especially if you don't have a lot of money yourself, just even giving people time is a wonderful thing to do. Yeah. Because in, in those instances where they're able to share, they're able to bring back some of those memories. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the joyous times that they had, um, family members, and talk about family members, um, you know, it's just, you know, that is just, it's, it's just a lot of fun. Sure. It, it, it's fun. It's fun for them, and it's fun for us to go and do something like that. It is, just, it is, yes. Yeah. And, and that's one of the things I've told the listeners today is that, you know, if you are out there and you are meaning to be blessed, the best way to do it is by blessing others. Well, listeners, if you're just tuning in today, you're listening to Kathy Weckworth, and this is your best. And I am talking to my friend Patrick Russell, who is a licensed school psychologist and just a really wonderful guy. So, Pat, leave us with a thought. You know, if we've got people that we're thinking about, we're looking outward, um, thinking about lonely people, you know, what what's one of the last things that you can tell us that would be helpful. You know, I think I think actually you yourself hit the nail right on the head where it's it's not so much the gift or or the songs, it's it's 
just making yourselves available mm. and and spending time with with them, um, just remembering them. Um, I think that makes that makes the biggest difference. Just letting them know that there's someone that out there who cares and and someone who who loves them. I, I think, think that's, that's, yeah. that's the most important thing. I totally agree. And I think that's an incredible way, an opportunity just to open up the doors of what Christmas is really about and the fact that the Savior came and gave his life for us, you know, so that that we could have eternal life. And so I think it's a, a wonderful thing to remind us of that true Christmas reason, you know, by caring about others. Well, thank you so much, Pat, for being with me today. What are you guys going to do to celebrate Christmas this year? Well, we have our family tradition, and that's um, all the kids are coming home, and uh, we go to church on Christmas Eve, and then we have our Christmas dinner of pancakes. And I think on the menu this year is uh, gingerbread pancakes. Wow, Pat, that sounds fabulous. Well, say hi to the kids and Kim for me, and thanks so much for being on the show, and blessings to you. Merry Christmas. Oh, Merry Christmas to you. Thank you so much. Friends, remember to keep your eyes open for people around you, for those who will seem lonely, depressed, discouraged, or anxious at this time. And right now, let me pray with you. Dear Jesus, help us to be aware of those around us in the busyness of our lives. Help us to take time and listen, to look around and really see those who are alone, and help us to welcome them into our world with a huge vacancy sign. Thank you for sending Emmanuel. In Jesus' name, amen. For more encouragement and hope, log on to our website at bestlifeministries.com. And for more information about me, you can log on to kathyweckworth.com. Hey, thanks for being with us today. And until next time, I encourage you to go out and be your best.